Welcome to episode six of the Underground Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Brad, here with my co-host, Colin. And today we're going to be talking about the Penn State Pitt football game that took place yesterday, that's Saturday, and breaking down, you know, everything that went on, some notes that we had, um, takeaways from the game. Good result for Penn State, obviously, won 17-10. Um, it was a home game the last time the two teams are going to play, at least for a while, um, the 100th meeting between Penn State and Pitt. So, you know, I think we're both happy with the result it, um, as a whole. Getting a win against um, against a Power 5 team is always a good thing. Um, but there are definitely a lot of things to unpack here. So anything you you want to start off with, Colin, some, some big takeaways for you? Yeah, I thought the game went well. Obviously, anytime you get a win, it's good. Only giving up 10 points, you know, you can't really complain too much in that department. Mm. I thought the defense played real well. You know, they stuffed the run. Uh, Pitt did have 20 first downs on the game, but only one of them came through the ground. So, mm. obviously, the D-line was working well. The linebackers were filling the gaps. And, you know, I thought the, just the run defense in general was very good. Yeah, agreed. Um, you know, Pitt had 25 rushing attempts and only 24 total rushing yards. So, um, really nothing to complain about in that department. Uh, where Pitt definitely picked up a little bit of their steam was uh, when their quarterback, excuse me, Kenny Pickett was able to, to find some space and throw the ball um, accurately. Uh, my assessment on Pickett so far, I, I think he's a decent quarterback. Um, I think he's, uh, you know, confident in that role. I think he's comfortable stepping up and and throwing the ball into dangerous situations, but um, at the same time, I don't think he or Pitt's receiving core are, are necessarily as strong as the ones that Penn State's going to be seeing in the games coming up. So definitely some some stuff to work on in that department. But you know, again, even with uh, Pitt's three hundred seventy two passing yards, um, not ideal. But um, I thought the defense played played solid uh what are your thoughts on Pickett's performance or our defense against the pass Colin yeah I thought the 372 yards were pretty deceiving I mean especially when they only found one touchdown mm -hmm. and that came through the ground so and like a lot of those yards came in chunk plays I feel like a lot of like deep out routes like corners and you know 10 and out such mm -hmm. like if you look at their receiver stats you see longs of 29 16 48 so there's a lot of chunk plays for Pitt, yeah. but then the Penn State defense would buckle down when they had to. You know, mm -hmm. Pitt's like approaching field goal range, and then you'd see like everything kind of tighten up. Mm -hmm. So w against the like lesser teams going into our schedule, that'll work. You know, we we're able to get away with that. But whenever we approach playing, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, mm -hmm. possibly Maryland next week, that's something that's not going to work throughout the season or we're going to get burned by it, I feel like. Mm -hmm. So that's probably the one thing I would like to see the most improvement in is tightening up the secondary mm -hmm. throughout the entire game, not just whenever they're approaching field goal range. Yeah, definitely agree. Um, one big bright spot for our defense was Micah Parsons. He had a, a great day, uh, nine tackles, I believe. Um, he's really stepped up as a leader for that defensive unit. I thought all around, though, the defense was tackling better than they have in past games. I thought that, you know, they didn't rely on having that secondary tackler in the vicinity the whole time like they have against Idaho or Buffalo. So that was a promising sign um, for me. 
must have been something the coaches have been emphasizing in practice, you know, in the most recent weeks. But um, again, the conditions weren't necessarily ideal, I'd say, for Penn State because of the weather and the delay and stuff like that. I thought it maybe slowed the game down a little bit for them. But uh, yeah, we can get into their offense in a minute here. But I, I was, I was, you know, happy with the defense. But like we said, still plenty to work on. So obviously a big point of contingency so far with Penn State this season has been Sean Clifford at the quarterback position. Um, first two weeks, mixed reviews, I'd say, from different people. Stepped up when he needed to in those games. Um, kind of a shaky performance in this one. Uh, his first, you know, I, w- I would call it his first big game as a, as a Nittany Lion. Um, he looked... I, I wouldn't say he didn't look confident, but he definitely um, was under pressure a lot this game, so made a couple of mistakes that we haven't seen him make yet. He was 14 for 30 throwing, not his best game, um, with 222 passing yards. Um, what what was your, your takeaway from Clifford in this game? Yeah, I thought he... He looked uneasy in the pocket, I would mm. say. You know, the, you have to give credit to the Pitt defensive line. They were putting consistent pressure on him, whether it's just hurried throws or kind of knocking him down after he threw it. Yeah. But it was seeming like a lot of Clifford trying to escape the pocket, but you know, they'd get a hand on him and he'd rush a throw or he'd be a little bit off throwing it. Mm-hmm. So it was would you put all the pressure on Clifford? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Our offensive line could have done a better job of giving him, you know, an extra second, extra two seconds, you know, find the receiver and mm-hmm. like step up and make the proper throw. But it's just something like those two have to come together and find a happy medium within that to yeah. where success comes. Yeah, I completely agree. I thought the offensive line struggled a little bit again, and not even because Clifford was getting hit too often during the play, but Really, just the pocket seemed to, to collapse more often than not, which is a little bit troubling as we head into conference play. Um, like you said, though, Clifford was able to, to move a little bit um, effectively throughout the game. He, I, I've still been impressed with how he's been able to run, and um, he's done a really good job of uh, you know, if he's in the pocket and maybe gets an arm to his shoulder or something like that, he's done a good job of breaking that little bit of pressure and getting rid of the ball before a sack can happen. So I've been really happy with those instincts that he has. Um, but yeah, again, not his most efficient day. Um, I'm definitely not ready to to say you know Clifford's not our quarterback or anything, but uh, um, definitely some things that he needs to work on as well as I guess the offensive play calling style in general maybe in the next couple weeks Um, but transitioning into the running game a little bit um, this was journey brown's first start took over from uh, ricky slade still with the the four back rotation i know you and i both have some mixed feelings about that Um, what was your biggest takeaway from from our running backs on saturday yeah it seemed like journey brown and Noah kane they couldn't really established themselves to be the three down back that we would turn to every drive Mm -hmm. and Ricky Slade too he had a real quiet day he only Mm -hmm. had four rushing attempts gained a total of six yards so it it was just tough sledding for him but even 
I thought the best performance came from Noah Kane. Mm-hmm. They had Penn State put together one drive for just steady chips of four or five yards, where they just ate the clock up and kept the chains moving, and that's what resulted in a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I believe it was coming out of the half. But yep. So that was our best performance, but this isn't going to be the best defense that we see. Mm-hmm. So seeing the Penn State rushing, kind of struggling against a defense like this, it's a little bit unsettling. But going into a bye week and coming out and playing a Maryland team, I expect a lot more out of them. I'm optimistic and think that they will bring a lot more to it. So that's something to look forward to. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I struggle to, to really wrap my head around the, the running back room at this point because I think all four of those backs, you know, Brown, Kane, uh, Slade, and Devin Ford, are all talented and you know capable running backs. But I I struggle to see how a four man rotation is gonna is gonna carry your offense through a season. Um, you know maybe you know maybe injuries will be minimized because of you know of less carries for each back. But um, I, I happen to come from the belief that maybe they should have a, a number one guy that's going to be in there whenever he can be. Um, but to be honest, I don't know who that is at this point because. Um, you know, Journey Brown's been effective in what he's been doing, but um, I thought Noah Kane had the best performance on Saturday. You know, we've seen Franklin and his his play calling style so far this season. He really, really likes those you know big burst plays, those sixty yard bombs that are gonna get us into the red zone and set up a, a good scoring opportunity. But um, you know, when that comes into the running back uh, room, I, I don't know if that's exactly what they should be looking for. I think that's why uh, Franklin likes Journey Brown as much as he does because, you know, as you saw against Pitt, he'll have some breakout runs that'll go for 85 yards or, um, you know, a, a good chunk of the field. But he, he isn't the, the consistent, you know, three, four-yard chunks here and there. Um, kind of running back that maybe the offense needs to just settle in a little bit. Excuse me. Franklin had a, a quote after the game about Noah Kane and why he wasn't brought into the game again after you know his successful drive. And he, Franklin said, same rotation that we had, but I think he ran really well on that drive. He's not going to do a whole lot that blows you away, but he's just so productive. On the headset right afterward on that last drive, we probably should have subbed him in because that would have been a good substitution for his style of running. And, you know, I, that quote kind of confused me a little bit because the style of running that we needed at the end was a consistent running back that was going to get us a couple first downs and, you know, wind the clock to nothing. And yet Journey Brown was the one that was in on those snaps. So, you know, I'm not even advocating necessarily for Kane to be the number one running back, but, um, I think, you know, at some point, a decision has to be made where we can't have four running backs rotating and you know causing discomfort in the offense. I don't know if you had any thoughts on that as well, Colin. Yeah, I think definitely a four-man rotation is something that we're going to have to quickly move away from and uh, see a front runner emerge. Mm-hmm. But I also think about how the offensive line like feels with this having four different backs coming in, different styles of runners. Mm-hmm. But it just feels like. Whether you would be comfortable with that back, you know, whether he's, you know, he's going to bounce it on this play or he's going to hit that hole or mm-hmm. just the timing of everything. 
they have to feel a little bit uneasy about who they're going to see come into the huddle. And, and the, like, another thing I want to touch on is, like, time of possession mm-hmm. to where we've seen we've passed it, passed it, passed it, and we're, like, trying to get these big chunk plays, but then we don't have the running back to come in to just do, like, four-yard chunks, five-yard chunks, yep. and just slowly, like, turn first downs up and just turn the clock away. And, but then we've been having drives where we're like under a minute of time possession and we're punting the football back away. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. You know, our defense works really hard to get off the field and then our offense goes out and takes three shots at the end zone and um, we punt the ball. And, you know, it's not that classic Big Ten style of football that people expect. But, you know, I don't think that's necessarily the problem. But just giving our defense that, that break and even just giving our offense... And like you said, the offensive line, you know, it would probably boost their confidence a little bit um, to have some more successful just like, you know, four or five first down drives uh, in each game. And I completely agree with the, the comfortability of having like a number one running back. Um, I think that, you know, we criticized the offensive line a little bit earlier. And, you know, maybe that's not maybe that's not fair to them because they're not only dealing with a new quarterback this year in Sean Clifford, but, you know, four new running backs that, you know, uh, Ricky Slade and Journey Brown had a couple snaps in that last year, but definitely not enough to, to really get comfortable with them. So um, maybe we should be pointing some of that blame more on the, the uh, play calling style and um, this rotational program that you and I obviously both have some issues with. All right. So lastly, we'll, we'll end on a high note here. Um, Special teams had a great day, I'd say, um, especially Jordan Stout. We all saw his uh, you know, 57-yard field goal, Penn State record. Um, he's a, a transfer for Virginia Tech who's made quite the impact so far. Obviously on kickoff, um, he still threw three games, all touchbacks, hasn't given the other team a chance to run anything back, which is just a nice little, you know, blanket of comfort I'd say for for Penn State and it uh it makes that you know uh that threat kind of minimized so really happy with him and he was obviously really excited to get that that chance to hit a long field goal and and put the the team up when they needed it any thoughts on special teams Colin yeah I thought the special teams is playing real well you know not a lot you can worry about with them whenever every kickoff's going through the back of the end zone. Yep. Blake Gilligan had a nice game. He punted a total of seven times, but six of them fell inside the 20-yard line, so mm-hmm. he's helping pin our opponents back very well. Jordan Stout is doing well on kickoffs. And like the nice thing about it is he takes away the home run threat of the other team. Yeah. You know, They put their big playmaker back there to run the kickoff back, but whenever he doesn't get a chance to touch it, it just puts ease to your mind knowing that He's not going to have the ability to swing a game by seven points mm-hmm. on the, such a quick play like that. Yeah, definitely. We saw in the, the first two games this season, Idaho and Buffalo, both not interested in giving K.J. Hamler a chance to return those. Um, but, you know, instead of Penn State having to, you know, work on some squib kick or something like that, Stout just puts it over the end zone, like, every single time, which has been awesome. Um, so not enough good things to say about special teams. I would love to not have to see Blake Gillikin as often as we did but you know that's not his fault he did a great job when he was in there um but yeah overall I thought I you know happy with the result um 
a lot of players, actually, I was a little surprised about this, um, after the game were much more willing to admit that this was uh, a rivalry of sorts. And, you know, a lot of quotes came out, you know, looking at, like, Garrett Taylor, some of the defensive players, said, like, you know, this isn't just another game for them. You know, Pitt, that in-state kind of, you know, battle is is important to them. So um, whether you want to call it a rivalry or not, it's a great win for the team. Um, We are really happy with it. Any closing remarks that you had, Colin, or... um, you know, you're ready to start looking forward to Maryland in a couple weeks. Yeah, I definitely thought you can consider Pitt-Penn State a rivalry. You could tell that this game was a little bit more chippy, mm-hmm. a little, like, extra talking after the plays because, you know, the players, they come from similar areas, both coming to, yeah. like, Pennsylvania school, a lot from Pittsburgh, Philly, New Jersey, mm-hmm. Ohio, like, any surrounding states. So they're kind of familiar with each other. You know, both teams don't really like each other. The schools don't don't really get along that well, I would say. So it's kind of nice to see, like, them playing each other and, you know, like, the added, like, extra effort inside of the game. Kind of sad to see the game go next year, but Mm -hmm. something to look forward to, possibly later if they would bring it back. Yeah, uh, James Franklin mentioned the possibility of doing a neutral site uh, series with Pitt. To be totally honest, I'm not sure why. Uh, you know, that's something he's interested in. I feel like, you know, there's just such a distinct home field advantage for Penn State. And like, you know, from what we've seen in the past, Pitt isn't able to produce the same atmosphere at at Heinz Field. So, you know, I'm sure Franklin had his reasons for that comment. But um, yeah, I'd definitely love to see these two teams play again. Um, Excuse me, looking forward Penn State's next game is going to be against Maryland, but they're actually on a bye week this coming week. So we're not going to dive too much into that right now. Um, You know, we mentioned a lot of things that the team's going to have to work on in the next week here, but um, I think it's a good time for their bye week, you know, before Big Ten play kicks off. Um, Kind of fine-tune some different things, but um, yeah, our our next Sunday episode, we'll, we'll dive a lot deeper into the Maryland matchup and and how that's looking but um, thank you guys so much for listening and we will be back on Wednesday for our uh, all sports episode so um, yeah we'll see you guys then if you want to check out more of our our content check out our website www.psuunderground.com thanks so much for listening